welcome to another episode of How Do You Do? I'm Samantha Venacore-Minra. And I'm Yael Haruti. And we are here, like, every week to talk about all things Jewy. Yael, how are you? All is good. Um, fall is officially here. Everything is yes. changing. It, everything is changing. I went pumpkin picking this weekend, so peak fall. And we participated in a corn maze where it was very competitive. I'm pretty sure it was geared for like four to eight year olds um, because it was a scavenger hunt and you had to find four different things. And the youngest person in the group that I was with was 28. Um, So we went and we found all four things on the scavenger hunt super competitively. And it turned out the prize for completing it was a Twizzler. Um, the silence is because I'm in shock. <laughs> I know. It was uh, it was slightly anticlimactic, but also surprisingly satisfying. Did you know the that. prize going in? No, I just knew that there was a prize, but I was not aware that it was a single Twizzler. Well, um... My week was totally different. <laughs> did you not win a Twizzler this week? I did okay not. I did not. Um, which I'm not happy about right now. I would like to win Twizzler, but right, um, I did go to a to a fall fest, which was really nice. That's fun. What's a fall fest? So Patterson's, um, the fruit farm here. Uh huh. It does. I'm saying here because you're in New York. Um, <laughs> um, there's a, a an annual like family fun fest, and there's uh, corn maze and uh, these like cool slides and kettle corn and just a bunch of fall things that they do for kids mostly. But obviously, I went down to slide and raced my mom. <laughs> Who won is really the question. <laughs> me so last year or maybe two years ago um because covid uh she uh, she, we has no meaning got it (laughs) so it was before she moved here and we um we she was here visiting and we went there and we were gonna race and she cheated she like went before what yeah she cheated my mom cheated so she went before uh, the race started so this time i said well since you cheated last time see you there and i just went <laughs> oh my god i love it yes this is brilliant yeah i don't forget <laughs> no and clearly like you can hold a grudge for an entire year <laughs> about something like slide racing, which is... I don't know if I should correct now. you, but, like, it was two years, so it just makes me look even worse. <laughs> well, but COVID didn't count as a year. Like, time has no meaning. I, I'm totally fine with that. Oh, okay, cool. So... <laughs> okay, so over a year, you've been holding a sliding grudge. I yeah. understand. And then um, I had a funnel cake, or like I tasted Ooh. some of it. It wasn't good. The one at Disney is better. Whoa. I feel like that's a con- I mean, you're a professional baker, so I feel like if you provide that feedback, like we must all listen. <laughs> yeah, I didn't enjoy it at all. I, I took a bite and I didn't like it. And then um, they had these like apple, I don't know even how to call apple it. Apple cider donuts? Because those are amazing. No, those are amazing. So we went, uh, afterwards we went to their other farm. They have two parts, like they have two different ones, locations. There we go. That's the word I was looking for. And so we went to the other location and, and 
I had an apple slushy because you have to have an apple slushy. Oh, that sounds lovely. But I did not have apple cider donuts because I'm trying to be good. Um, that doesn't sound good to me, just as an FYI. But well, I'm I a bridesmaid you- in December, so I need to fit into my dress. <laughs> I wish you only good luck in your endeavors, but like that sounds awful. I know. <laughs> it's, um, it I sounds awful to me too. To be like after the wedding, we'll go calories. celebrate. What? All right, but it's like donut calories. You know, go to this specific part of my body so it doesn't mess with the dress. Like, we, we need to be able to make this a thing because you should never have to miss donut season. Oh my god! If I can, like, if I can gain all my weight in, let's say, my finger, I'd yeah, be that'd happy. be fine. <laughs> yeah, we like maybe that could be our invention. <laughs> anyway, moving on from that. In addition to our convo. Re, uh, donuts and fall activities and my Twizzler victory and your sliding victory. So we're just really all winners this week. Um, today we are talking about season one, episode three of Netflix's My Unorthodox Life. So if anyone missed our episode last week, you can go back, listen to our reflections on season one, episode two. And if you're trying to watch along with us, you can pause, go to Netflix, check out my unorthodox life and we are about to open up our convo about uh season one episode three yeah Ella, are there any like key highlighted points you want to make about the episode or make sure that we talk about yes i have a lot of um feelings <laughs> about this uh this particular um episode i'm sorry i am hearing i don't know if you can hear this but right above my head there's like commotion because dan just came home uh from walking toto and i can hear like toto running from excitement because he's probably giving her a treat oh my god what a great thing maybe it's a twizzler or an apple cider donut geez i hope not because then we're gonna end up at the vets (laughs) maybe it's a doggy donut. I I don't know how to help you. I'm just kind of going with it. (laughs) Okay, so back to our topic. I'm sorry. Um, I got distracted. So there are two things that kind of, um, well, three things that I kind of like thought about while watching the episode. So one, the episode is mostly talking about um, Julia um, writing this memoir, this book. Yeah. Um, and it's all about like the unedited version of it, um, which is extremely unedited because after like Robert read out some parts of it, but we'll get to that. Um, and then I and then I saw like between the family. So Julia obviously has a favorite kid. Yes, no, there is so much. One of my peak notes for this was literally just like, okay, Miriam is the favorite. And there's, a, I have a lot of feelings about this. So I, you can clearly see Miriam is the favorite. She knows it also. And she loves it. And that's why I think her relationship with Bacheva is very, uh, I don't even know how to word it, but it's kind of, she seems like a hypocrite. Like she's talking to Bacheva and she's like, mm-hmm, yeah. And she's smiling this like, fake smile and Bacheva is like so sweet and trying to actually care for her little sister and yeah no there's so many things I Miriam is like like looking down at her right no I have been so team Bacheva throughout it's continuing um and team Ben of course which I think is now like becoming 
my main like oh my god I'm, I love Ben Bacheva I love Ben as her husband he's just amazing partner right so we have I feel like the key things that we want to talk about today there's this book there's the epic favoritism um there's Ben and Bacheva and their just amazingness in general um and then there's like this interesting I don't know undertone all about like different sex things whether it's through the book or through like Miriam's public hookup and then I also just listed as a whole separate category my feelings on the family's Hamptons house (laughs) Um, which I realized isn't necessarily that was your feelings how about the helicopter (laughs) you know helicopters like don't like it doesn't appeal to me in the same way it seems fine but spoiler alert listeners at some point like they go to visit the family's Hamptons house and their pool is like I think it's literally its own ocean if we were to it looks like a lake it looks like they're sitting in a lake the biggest pool in the entire world and the house is amazing and there's a gazebo and there's all these different things and at one point Shlomo, who's the older brother, is like trying to take online dating photos, and I was just dying inside because they're having a conversation about like how to take photos that make him relatable while the backdrop is a pool that is large enough to be like a designated body of water. Yeah, I think like that when you are Julia Hart's son, I think you kind of need to ease into it. So you need to take photos in like a coffee shop. A bar. Right, exactly. <laughs> I was just like, obviously nobody here knows what the this, street. Like, there's a lot of vocabulary <laughs> words that I struggle with, you struggle with, it's all fine. But I'm like, you people, none of you know what the word relatable means yeah. because you're saying it in front of this infinity pool that like is just it's the size of I think the entire block that I live on. Well talking and, about talking about Shlomo, um I think that in this episode, we finally saw how he and Bacheva feel about Julia's like favoritism. Right, exactly, and which I appreciated. Like when Shlomo, I, when Shlomo steps it up, um, he's rapidly joining the ranks of people I actually like on the show. Mm-hmm. So to back up, we have this book situation. So Julia, yeah, we can we can start from the beginning. <laughs> right. So Julia wrote a memoir all about her like early years her decision to leave the ultra orthodox community her marriage um just like all the things there's again this like sex stuff that apparently comes up but basically what and all of that by the way more power to her like write your story use your voice yay but then of course she has to make it like this weird parenting thing where she gives miriam and her best friend Robert, the unedited version of the book to read through first with the instruction not to tell any of the other kids. So not to tell Bathsheba or Shlomo. And then based on favorite child Miriam's feedback, she's like gonna make any adjustments before showing it to the other kids. And like the the reason she's the reasoning that she's giving is that Bacheva and her had kind of like a hiccup at the beginning when she first left Mansi 
Um, but Sheva, it was really hard for her to accept it. So she didn't talk to Julia for about two years. Um, and so during those two years, um, Batsheva was the only kid that had no relationship with the mom. So she wrote about it and now she's afraid that this will like come up and Batsheva will see it and read it and see what she thinks about it and it will just bring it back like it will resurface again. Right, and it'll take like their good relationship right now and like just bring it back into like this hurt and pain from the past that obviously like is very real and present for both of them because Bathsheba like also talks about how like her mom doesn't even understand why she's upset that she that Julia thinks it's because she basically raised Bathsheba to believe something and then changed her mind and was like nope never mind like I don't believe any of this but she said really it's because she felt so abandoned um and I think it really speaks to like the stage of life that she was in versus the other kids when Julia left Muncie because she was already you know married she wasn't like one of these kids who was kind of younger and could just go with the flow because she and Ben had the greatest relationship of all time like she needed to take other people into consideration and she was just at a different stage and I think especially oh my god if you get married when you're 18 years old and then your mom like essentially leaves your life behind that must be deeply you know traumatizing and shaping and even though Bacheva has like now followed to whatever extent you know still has her own beliefs and Jewish practices um I could totally see this sense of like my family like left without me still having really lingering scars for her yeah I agree uh, um so, I have a qu- okay. I have a question it has nothing to do with this like with with okay. Bacheva and Ben um, it's more about um Shlomo uh-huh. he keeps talking about working on something does does he actually have a job <laughs> he's saying that he's studying for the bar and as far like I have never studied he for the bar. said that I he's studying for the bar that's not what I understood yeah. oh yeah, okay yeah, then I then I misunderstood it um yeah he's studying for the bar because and I will say I have the like dubious honor of being probably the only poli sci major ever who never studied for the bar um, because everyone else did, it's fine. Like, or at least they like bought the book and pretended to, or at least like, you know, maybe not the bar, but the LSAT prep class. Um, I contributed nothing in that space, but my understanding from all of the lawyers that I know, which is an insane amount, is studying for the bar basically is its own job. So, respect to Shlomo. Not okay, no, because I, 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 like, she asked him something about work, and I was like, y- you work? Do any of them work, though? Well, we found out that Miriam is interning for Elite, and she's working on an app. And I'm really torn about, like, all things Miriam this week, because on the one hand, there are all these ways that, like, she is this badass tech person, like, really just like trying to be to be like her mom to take this like girl boss role model that she has and be this feminist um 
really, you know, aspiring icon. And I'm like, yay. But then also, so much of her behavior to me feels so juvenile. And then I'm trying to remind myself, she's also like 22 years old. Like, I think she's still supposed to be in college. Um, But they said, like, because of the pandemic, like, she's, you know, living at home and doing classes online. So there are all these ways that she feels, like, so mature and so adult. And she's on TV, so that makes you feel more grown up. But I'm also just, like, you are behaving like a teenager. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't really like the way she treated Bacheva when she tried to talk to her. I felt like she was... she was looking like at her and like, what? I feel like we should talk about that. So there's this, I'm assuming you're referring to, there's this party that Julia throws yeah. for Robert, who is her like BFF slash number two person at Elite. So it includes all these work people. And Miriam, as we found out, is interning at Elite. So she's technically like, employed there and works for these people and she brings a date which is fine and the date's a woman which is like fine and more power to you and then the two of them start making out on the couch and Batsheva I think really reasonably as a big sister basically comes up to Miriam and is like hey you need to think about how you comport yourself how you're behaving especially in front of your bosses and Miriam is obviously a little sensitive and not to like knock that like I'm sure again she also has her trauma and her wanting to be accepted because she thinks that Batsheva is making it as a comment because her date is a woman because she she's bisexual yeah fine. she like immediately like, said like, like I think it's fine to be bisexual and Batsheva immediately says it is fine like this isn't about that I wouldn't, like, make out with Ben in front of my boss. And Miriam is just like, yeah, but you're more, like, I'm just more comfortable with PDA. And she basically laughs it off. And I'm sitting there screaming, just like, you're so unprofessional. This isn't acceptable, like, the extent of this, like, kissing session. This isn't acceptable under any circumstances as, like, a public forum with your employers and like your big sister is trying to like t- like help you out so you don't embarrass yourself yeah when and when Bacheva so dismissive and it felt like at least to me this was like because on some level maybe subconsciously I feel like because Julia is dismissive of Bacheva and put Miriam in this power position that like she has information that her big sister doesn't. She has authority that her big sister doesn't. Like, they're keeping these secrets from her that it, like, now translates to, oh, Batsheva's just like, you know, we don't have to tell her and we don't have to listen to her and can kind of laugh off her deeply reasonable advice. hmm Yeah. So that was, it was just, like, a bummer to see that. Um, so... Yes. So again, Team Batsheva. And the other point where I was super Team Batsheva, as with all moments, is Batsheva and Ben are continuing to be just like the most mature couple of all time. And they're starting to talk about their fertility. And Batsheva isn't ready to have a baby, even though they've been married for like eight years. 
Um, she basically says she got married essentially as a child. She got married at like 18, 19 years old and wants to wait a bit longer and enjoy this time in her life before she becomes a parent. Totally reasonable. Ben has baby fever and like wants to be a dad. Also totally reasonable, but he's very explicit the entire time that he's not pressuring her. It's her decision. Um, but one thing that would make him more comfortable if they're making this decision to wait for like the foreseeable future is to do some fertility testing. And I thought that that was just like, yes, yes, you amazing modern couple. Like you've made a decision as a couple that you're not ready until you're both ready, reasonable beyond belief, and then decide to like make sure that you're good. And they had this like precious moment where they get these in-home fertility tests, which I'm not entirely sure how accurate those are, but that's fine. And Ben has to prick Batsheva's finger and they're both like nauseated by it and it's so cute. And then Ben has to give a sperm sample and they have this like Jewish moment where Ben is talking about like how especially in yeshiva you're taught like not to waste seed but for fill it, but for fertility um, testing like it's okay. And then of course like everyone including the producers is mean to Ben because they just like film the closed bathroom door. Um, and then in the end, when they're all at the Hamptons house against this backdrop of the greatest pool of all time, which I'm willing to stand by, um, like they're ready to share the results of the fertility test or to like let the fam know like, okay, this is something that we did. And the note that I wrote is literally Julia sucks in this moment as a mom because she keeps saying like, your life is over and your life is over when you have kids and I thought we're not having babies not pressuring Batsheva and it was just like why do you guys keep sharing with this family because he's not pressuring her they made this decision together to like find something out and I think for Batsheva like this is a great setup for what comes next with the book because she said it's like really hurtful to her that every time like having babies apparently comes up um, Julia's reaction is it'll ruin your life your life will be over and like I, I can't imagine being the child of someone who like explicitly says oh yeah having kids will ruin your life because how could you not take that as a commentary of like so do you think I ruin your life so a few things about that um for one, I don't like how Julia, again, like the second it's brought up, Julia kind of attacks Ben. And she's like, well, we said that we're not going to pressure Bacheva into doing this. Yeah, but they've been together for eight years. It makes sense that he wants kids. Like, yeah. he's ready. And you can't judge him for being ready. And also Julia saying what she said about not having, about like, you don't, like having kids right now. Afterwards, when she was interviewed alone, and she said, I'm not ready to have like another, like an, more kids around here. I was thinking to myself, this is not about you. <laughs> yeah, well, I totally agree. Although in the context of, I feel like this Netflix show, it's like, got it. This kid would be around you all the time because you're being paid for it, Loki. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But I mean, I feel like she's not respecting the fact that this is Bacheva and Ben's 
life. Like this is about their relationship and if they want to have a baby. And she's kind of pressure, she's sort of pressuring Bacheva to not have kids right now because right. that's what she prefers. Do you think now that we've read, or we or we haven't read anything, now that we've listened to Miriam and Robert read aloud parts of Julia's memoir, like if I'm trying to have a more sympathetic view of Julia than I naturally am, um, I'm wondering if she's like projecting so much of like the awkwardness of her marriage with Yosef onto... Ben and Bacheva, particularly Ben, because it seems like Yosef was this nice guy. Like she isn't saying anything about him. Oh my God! Can we dad. talk about that? I we finally yeah, yeah. saw him, and he seems like such a nice dude. He seems so jolly. Um, but I'm wondering because I wanna I wanna hear your thoughts on him. I'm just wondering if like Ben equals Yosef for her, just in the sense of like. He wasn't a bad man, but he was part of a system that for her felt so oppressive and repressive and probably very legitimately was. Like, I don't want to, you know, belittle her feelings in any way. I'm just wondering if, like, all these times that she's so mean to Ben, it's because she's seeing it as, like, he's a stand-in for whatever past, like, experiences she had that she doesn't want her daughter to relive. Honestly, I think it's because men in general. Like, I don't know if it's... I think it's, like, men in general. Because if you notice, she doesn't have, like, an awesome relationship with Shlomo. But because he's out of that, like, system and she's controlling his parenting, then she's fine with it. And then did you see her, like, crying when Alan said that he's going to... That he's um, not going to have, like, a girlfriend. He's not going to talk to women. And and, right. the, I, and she bursts it in tears. No, she really cries about Aaron. And I'm also wondering if, like, if in this case at least, Aaron is her chance to, like, get it right, so to speak. That if she's saying, you know, that Shlomo... Not to say Shlomo's a lost cause by any means, <laughs> but, like, Shlomo's already this grown man and, like, you know, whatever successes or failures she feels like she had as a parent, like, they already... Like, she got him out too late? You think? Right, versus Aaron that she's so upset about, like, his move more towards religiosity and, like, really has tears about it. Yeah, she she was honestly crying. And also, like, her relationship with Robert, I think, is so close because Robert represents everything that is opposite from Muncie. He's, he's a gay man. right. Um, no, I think that's a really good point, too. But I want to go back and hear what your thoughts were about Yosef. We see him at the beginning when Miriam finally tells him that she wants to change her name. And my just initial reaction is like, I love you. He, Yeah, he seemed like he was generally heartbroken. And the fact that he was telling her, maybe you can use it as like a stage name, but not like change your actual name because... This what is what makes you part of the family. And he still sees it as, you know, this is my family. And she's trying to step away as far as possible. Instead of saying, I love my dad. He's still a part of me. Just because I'm against Muncie doesn't mean I'm against my dad. So maybe, right. like, I would consider taking it as a stage name, but keeping her legal name because that's her dad. And he seems like such an awesome dude. 
he's no and he seems super supportive like again i think it hurt him it you know was it's a big thing i can't Did you think it like, looked like he was crying or about to cry i don't know it looked like he was having feels i'll say that yeah but the other part that was just like interesting for me and i don't know if i'm going like too deep he didn't look like what I was picturing. Oh my God, same. The way that she was describing, like, <laughs> being this super Haredi, super ultra-Orthodox, like, you know, just super, like, black hat to, like, use, like, a, yeah. you know, insider speak. He looked like a modern Orthodox guy. Like, he was wearing a colored shirt. His beard wasn't particularly long. And that had me wondering, like, again, the way that she, Julia in particular in the show have been talking has really been re-emphasizing she's not anti-Judaism she's not like against anything Jewish she's against fundamentalism but as people who are insider enough but like I can kind of tell like different kinds of Jews like he didn't look that bad <laughs> he that's what I thought too he kind of reminded me even of my dad my dad is not orthodox he's like I guess you would call it modern orthodox but not even I don't know what you would call it here but also my dad goes to like button up shirts and and uh, uh yarmulke but that's yeah. pretty much it this dude this guy looked the same <laughs> right so I'm not sure what we're going to be learning like as the show continues to unfold in terms of just like what exactly is their Judaism and I don't know if we will learn that but like it doesn't seem as extreme as it has been portrayed well if you look at alon then it does seem extreme well, well he's back from camp you know we don't know this brainwashing according to julia yeah <laughs> um oh yeah. god at the party he was so uncomfortable i i really felt for him i also felt like so at this, like, birthday party for Robert, I'm assuming that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, he wears, like, I'm going to call it a fedora instead of, like, his usual black hat because he says, like, yeah, that Julia, like, made him. And I just, I felt for him because, like, I'm not a younger sibling. I am the oldest. But he is so a little brother. And, like, because he's, like, wearing this hat. Miriam and her girlfriend or her date, like, whatever, are teasing him about girls. And it was just, like, he's so uncomfortable. I'm so, I, I was so angry at that scene. Yeah. No, I really felt for him. And I also felt for him, like, when they're back at their Hamptons house next to the pool, my favorite place. Um, and, like, he asks, like, he has to ask his mom, like, what food on the table is kosher? And... I in no way think that Julia has to keep kosher. Like, it's fine that that's not her practice, like, live your best life. But I feel like when you're the mom of a 14-year-old who is obviously struggling, is obviously figuring stuff out, like, for him to have to ask that question, to be uncomfortable knowing what food he can touch, um, like, that to me was just not supportive momming. You know, when, like, we're living at my parents' house right now, and my mom has gone above and beyond to accommodate Noam's vegetarianism, and every single meal, even if it's a meal that, like, there's nothing meat on the table. 
she's explicitly pointing out like every single thing that he can eat and making meals that she wouldn't otherwise in order to be inclusive and I just feel like like, the one step to be like oh the weeks that the kid I have joint custody of is here like why are there unkosher things on the table if it makes him uncomfortable or why not just proactively say Aram this plate is like you know off limits everything else go to town like I just felt like she could set him up for success but I think that's I mean, I think that's actually what she did. She said, this is the only thing that's not kosher on this table. And she pointed to one plate. But, but, you know, if you have that one plate, you can give that one plate up. Right. And, like, that he had to ask. He seems so little. And I just, like, want him to be successful. I agree. I agree. So, um, I'm I'm sorry. I have to go back to the party for a second. The scene when Miriam was, like, trying to talk to Arnold about girls, I was annoyed. I think Julia is ruining Miriam more than helping her. I think the fact that she's making her like her little helper and whatever. And so Miriam is going and she's getting in these like uncomfortable conversations with her siblings. Right. Kind of fighting a fight that's not hers. If yeah, Julia wants but- to talk to Aaron about girls, let her talk to Aaron about girls. This is this has nothing to do with you. Don't ruin your relationship with your brother. I totally agree. No, and it makes me, it just makes me sad um, because, like, these are the type of things that feel like throwaway lines but could be so lasting in their impact. Like, I'm just thinking about, I feel like we've all been there with, like, some awkward relative being like, so, do you have a boyfriend? (laughs) And just be, and, like, it's one thing when it's, like, a random cousin you see you know, three times a year for holidays. I'm like, okay, thank you. Like, and then you're just like, oh, I never want to talk to this person again. <laughs> it's another thing, but it's your sister. Like, that sucks. Yeah, no, I, everything about Miriam at the party sucked. I, she lost, like, any small likes that I had towards her because she was so, like, for you know she was very open about her being bisexual and everything. And I was like, I was really proud of her owning herself. Yeah. And then I kind of, did not like her anymore in this episode. I just felt like she was... It's really cool that she's owning it, but she's also not not a very good person. She kind of sucks. No. No, it sucks. And I feel like there's very much between her and Robert, who obviously isn't one of the kids, but, like, kind of seems like, you know, just like one of this pack, this defense of Julia at all costs. And I feel like that came to a head in, like, the final moments when... They're at this lunch. There's the one piece of non-kosher food. It's fine mm-hmm. or it's not. <laughs> it's not. <And laughs> I think we both agree. Right. No, it's not. Like, But they've, they've made their choices. It's fine. And they get to this point where, like, the book is being revealed. And Julia says, like, Miriam already knew. And I'm not even sure why she felt the need to say that other than it's good TV. I thought that, too. I was like, she could have not and no one would have known. Right, and, like, that would have been still dishonest, but, like, not throwing everyone under the bus. Yeah, and Miriam already went to her and told her she feels uncomfortable with this. And Julia said, I'm sorry for putting her in this situation. And then she goes and put a spot and puts a spotlight on the situation. (laughs) It reminded me of, like, um, did you see Mean Girls? Did Mean Girls, like, yeah, of course. Okay, cool. (laughs) So it literally reminded me of, like, the grown-up parent-child version of you know we're doing a three-way call like secretly mm-hmm. and then just like see like you know calling out that we're on the three-way call that it's like 
she just didn't set anyone, including herself, up for success. It's like you could make any version of choices. You could decide that you were going to show it to Miriam. I think that was the wrong choice. You could have decided you're not going to. But somehow it's like, here's the worst of all options. Let's tell all the kids that I favor Miriam. (laughs) Exactly. And it's just like, you do you. But obviously your wrongness is staggering. And I was really proud of Shlomo in particular for just like calling it out because Robert was like almost trying to justify it of like, so what you're saying is you want to be included. He's like, no, I'm saying I don't want to be lied to. And like, why did Miriam get a four day head start? Yeah, I love that he called it out that she lied to them. Also, like if you don't want them to know, maybe don't post a picture on your social media. Yeah, that's what like, triggered it. They all knew because of your photo, Smarty. These are the most first world of problems. But it's like, I don't want anyone to know this is happening. Obviously, I will then share on my Instagram that this is happening. And it's like, you know what would be the easiest thing in the whole world? Not, Not to, to post put it, it on your Instagram. Like, it would have been fine. Exactly. Um, Wait a few days. Talk to the kids first. Then post it. Like... Your family should be the one to know before you post it. They shouldn't be going around saying, have you seen Ema's post? This is where I think they think they're Kardashians because it reminds me of like, and yes, I do keep up with the Kardashians. Um, <laughs> I don't, so like, this is new info. <laughs> um, but there's like multiple episodes that are specifically like centered around this like social media induced problem that it's like, I shouldn't have to find out my husband's in another country based on Twitter because like they don't tell each other stuff, but then they'll like tweet things. And then that's how the rest of the family finds out. Or it's like, I only found out that like you're pregnant because it was in page six. And like, these are not problems that normal people have, (laughs) but you could so easily avoid them by telling the people you're closest to in the entire world anything about yourself before sharing it on social media yeah i mean it's not like she had like a hundred people to talk to before she did this she literally only had her kids and i'm sure they have like a group family group chat or something she could have done it very easily okay and to see the hurt on on shlomo and bacheva's eyes it was it was bad i felt bad for them really bad i'm like i just i felt for them like also the parts of the book that we found out about so far are literally just about like their mother not enjoying sex with their father and I'm like I just feel bad for them in general that this is now like a public conversation that you know random podcasters are able to weigh in on their parents sex life <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I, I would I'll, I'll be honest okay I would read that book just the edited version <laughs> yeah no I, I would too and I'm like I think her story is interesting. Just needs to be put in like, I don't care about your sex life. No. I mean, she did, she did say that it's an important part of it. Yeah. I mean, she was like talking about how it is a a big part of it was that, which I can understand, but maybe it can be shortened. Like, I don't need to know the whole experience of your first night and what you wanted to do with his man parts. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that was a great euphemism i'm really happy that you said that i'm also a little grossed out but that's you know i didn't that, mean, i didn't mean all of those sentences 
<laughs> no, I, I'm fine with it. I'm very comfortable with your choices here. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like as we, you know, wrap up episode three of this show, I'm it's, it's like, for me, at least, like, watching an ongoing train wreck because <laughs> I can't look away. I am so fascinated. I started following the entire family on Instagram. Like, I want to know everything about them. I low-key tagged Ben and Bacheva in our Instagram, like, post last week, like, saying that they're our favorites. Oh, my um, God. I, I totally they, missed that. They have not responded. It's fine. <laughs> they remain my favorites. So I can't look away. I want to know everything about these people. But also, I'm just like, what is wrong with all of you? I don't know if it's all of her. I think the main problem is Julia. As much as she's like, she has the coolest and most amazing story, and I love it. I think she. This is gonna sound horrible, but I really think she should go to a psychologist and get a little bit of tools of how to deal with kids, with her kids, because they all went through it. And as far as she's concerned, she's the only one who went through it. So. Like the, her whole relationship with Bacheva and Ben and, and having a child, like this has nothing to do with you. And I think if she had a healthy relationship with her kids, then that wouldn't have happened. So mainly I think they should go to family therapy. I would watch that episode and follow it on Instagram. Totally. <laughs> But I do um, love I do love them. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, again, I will not be looking away. My watching will happily continue, and I look forward to talking about it more with you. Me too. So, All right, so on that note, um, yes. I want to thank everyone for listening to another episode of How Do You Jew? And Yael, thank you for our virtual hangout sesh. Um, as a reminder, wherever you are listening, please subscribe, rate, review, Give us five stars. Give us six stars, like, you know, spirit stars. Share. Um, tell your friends about it. And please email us your thoughts, feelings, reactions at howdoyoudopod at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Instagram, especially if you're Ben or Batsheva, at howdoyoudopod. <laughs> yeah, always a pleasure. And until next time, happy Jewing.